absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to episode 30 of Leave the Pin In. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and Scott this week is still battling the mouse He's out there on a cruise ship trying to play some simulator golf, and the mouse is taking all of his money. So instead of my man Scott, I've got an extremely special guest tonight. I got Bridget Whalen, PGA Tour Insider, joining us at Leave the Pin In here. Bridget, how's everything going? It's good. How are you? I'm real good. Very excited to talk to you. We've known each other for a little while on Instagram. This is kind of the first time we've been able to speak, and what better topic to talk about than golf? Agreed. Hey, real quick, let me just uh, talk about our sponsor, Mulligan's Golf. If you love golf, and Bridget, I know you do, and I do, and everyone out there does, go to mulligansgolf.com, check them out on Instagram at mulligansgolf, and check out the apparel that my man Doug has out there. It's phenomenal. I just wore my Mulligan's Golf shirt today. My wife wore her hat out to Southport as we looked around town. And uh, super comfortable, super stylish, on and off course apparel. Follow us on Twitter at Leave the Pin and on Instagram at Leave the Pin. And Bridget, what's your Instagram for people? It's Bridget K. Whalen, W H E L A N. All right. If you want to be entertained by Instagram stories, because I know I am, check out Bridget on Instagram. She's always up to date with stuff, has a ton of inside knowledge. I'm going to pick her brain uh, enormously. Today, so Bridget, let's get right into it. Um, last week, Wyndham Championship, JT Poston wins. What'd you think about that? Love it. I loved it. I had some jam, which caused a, a little bit of upheaval for the first two days. He was uh, on fire, um, but I I love JT Poston winning. That that was really special. North Carolina boy winning in his home state. Super, he seems like a super cool kid. I don't know him personally. I thought that final round was amazing, and the four bogey-free rounds, that's flawless. It was awesome. It was a really cool thing to watch. And he was—he seemed just so, it was so fresh and so proudful in the moment. It was really cool to see. Yeah, especially at Sedgefield. You know, I walked that course inside and out, backwards and forwards, and there's a lot of spots to get into trouble. And for this dude on a Donald Ross designed course, regardless of how long it was, shade under 7,000 yards, to go bogey free for those four days was pretty insane. And then you didn't, I mean, I didn't, most people didn't even realize that hasn't been done in 45 years. Who knew? Like, I'm sure that obviously, I, I don't, I mean, the statisticians obviously knew, but that was something that was totally off my radar. And that was just so cool. Like, what a cool thing to have your first PG Tour win and then to be the first one to do it since Lee Trevino in almost 50 years. Just so awesome. Yeah, 45 years is an enormous amount of time. And look, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. And sometimes when people win certain tournaments, I think it's BS. I think the PGA Tour um, has thrown stuff in there. I've thrown out some conspiracy theories in the past. But look, this is yet another one. A North Carolina boy, first (laughs) tournament win at the Wyndham. Uh, We know the Wyndham kind of got screwed this year a little bit in in the rush job that was the PGA Tour season next year. It's sitting real pretty with the Olympics and the playoffs. But this year, I mean, you know, everyone's going to complain like, oh, the top guys didn't play because the FedEx Cup was locked up with Brooks winning. And, you know, Rory, even if he won or Kuchar won, they didn't even have a chance. So there's my conspiracy theory. Just a little bit. Another North Carolina boy winning. And that tournament produces a ton of North Carolina winners. 
It does. And I, I can go along with the conspiracy a little bit. I mean, Ooh, I like this. for a valet driver. So he, he really was a little off the beaten path for most people. I, I think a lot of people, when they hear JT, they don't think post it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just coming from me. Yeah, they, they, they think the other skinny polo boy for sure. <laughs> sure. Um, one of the surprises is... Obviously, Victor Hovland had a great run on Sunday. Um, looked at one point like he might make a push, but Victor Hovland is now heading back to the Corn Tour for their playoffs to get his tour card. So, Bridget, do you think he gets it down on the Corn Tour? Oh, for sure. Top, what it's the top twenty-five in money for sure. He'll get it. It's yeah. a little sad though that he won't compete in the playoffs. And he was a low end at the Masters and the U.S. Open, right? And you don't earn points from that. I get it. And he knew that. But it was sort of, I heard a soundbite from him. He was like, you know, I just I just play better. And I was like, dude, you racked up like four top 20 finishes and five starts. You, you played great. You don't need to play better. Like, that was awesome. But he seemed, you know, he seemed like, hey, we're going to go to the corn ferry and we're going to get this done. I think he gets it done for sure. I like the fact that he had that nose to the grindstone mentality of, look, I didn't play well enough. I didn't win like Colin. You know, I didn't win like Matt. So I need to play better. And and right, you're sitting there going, well, geez, dude, you're a rookie. You had five starts. Like, you had three top 15s, I believe. Like, that's phenomenal (laughs) for a journeyman pro. And this kid's like, nope, I didn't play well. And it's funny because... When Dan and I were at the Wyndham twice, we tried to get him to talk. And I'm telling you, I have not seen a dude so tuned into that week. And we even went like the alternate route. We were like, hey, you know, can we can we chat about like your off-season workout program and stuff? And his eyes lit up a little bit because it was not golf talk. And then I right. saw him kind of look at his cat and he was like, uh, he's like, dude, I'm 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 just I'm focused, I'm not doing any media. And part of me was like, oh, what a great get that would have been. And then the other part of me was like, wow, that is beyond impressive for such a young kid to know exactly where he stood and just nose to the grindstone getting after it at that tournament. It's almost, it's a little eerie, like you brought up Colin and Matt. They, It's like this new era. They have so much confidence. It's, it's definitely, it's so cool to see, but it's almost like, wow, like where does this come from? I think... Um, I'm pretty sure Adam Scott, he touched on it today in his press conference. I don't know exactly the specific quote, but they asked him about Matt Wolf's golf swing. And he was like, yeah, it's great. He's like, but what's more impressive is that the kid has so much confidence. Like, he won in his third PG Tour in his professional start. Like, that's insane. And I think a lot of this era, a lot of these new guys, they have that sort of tunnel vision, which – is very uh, it, it's definitely very commendable for such a young kid. Yeah, it's a hundred percent that that tiger mentality. Um, yeah, it for was. Sure. Uh, shoot, oh, gosh, there was an interview. Um, someone did. I I want to say it was it wasn't Lanny Watkins. I don't know why that name is in my head, but someone said something to him, and is like, "Well, what if you don't win this week?" And he said, "Well," it, and this was an older tour pro at the time, and he said, "Well, then the tournament's a loss." And the guy just kind of laughed. He's like, so if you finish second, it's a loss. Kurt, Curtis Strange. Curtis Strange, about, thank you, right? thank yeah, you. Yeah, Why yeah. the heck I was I thinking Lanny Watkins? I was sure. I was like, wait, is he talking about the interview? I was like, where's he going here? Yeah, yeah, Curtis Strange. Thank oh, you. Yeah, sorry. One of the uh, best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old, old person brain fart. And, uh, <laughs> I was 
and it, you know, it's that it's that classic line is, oh yeah, yeah, we'll see, Tiger. And Tiger like kind of looked at him like, dude, why would you say something like that to me? Like Tiger was so young back then, you know. And he oh, was, yeah. was so wanting to impress the old guard, but Tiger always had that mindset of, I'm here to win. Why would I show up if I'm not here to win? Like, you're here to collect a paycheck? I'm here to win. Yeah, right. And that's why he was so dominant. All these kids from college, from, screw that, from AJGA all the way on up through college and through getting on the tours are just like, I'm the best player in the world, hands down. It's funny because most of the players in Tiger's era – they also had that look at Tiger like, dude, this isn't a can't-miss sport. Like, you, you can't just have that sort of, like, I'm here, why would I come to the tournament if I'm not here to win? They were like, what? Like, who do you think you are? It's all, he knew. Like, he knew. I think a lot of people sort of knew Tiger was something different. But the people around him were like, hey, 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 buddy, like, this isn't easy. You know, like, winning's hard out here. And that, that interview with Curtis Strange is, it is one of my all-time favorite interviews. Sometimes I just rewatch it. And every now and again, like every year or so or every few months or if like something weird happens, you'll see it resurface on the social media sort of circuit. And it, it did pretty recently. And it's just so funny to see Curtis Strange, that look in his eyes, like, I want to knock this kid out. Like, I want to give him like a piece of my two cents. Like, yo, dude, you're, it's not that easy. I, that, that interview is probably like one of my top five interviews with Tiger. Yeah. If I get the chance to meet Curtis Strange, it's the first thing I'm bringing up. I just want to be like, Hey, how'd that, how'd that kid Eldrick do? <laughs> no, you, this is what you should ask him. You just, you just say, Curtis, after that interview, did you have to go like punch something? Did you have to really get that aggression out? Because, I mean, you he he kept it in, but he looked like a bottle that was like ready to explode its top off. Like his, the look in his eyes is far none the, one of the funniest looks I've ever seen. And granted, you have this little string bean, know it all, so and so kid sitting in front of you. You want to like knock his lights out? Like what the heck, dude? <laughs> yeah, and Curtis Strange was a hothead. Like he sure. he was like Tommy Armor out there. He was nuts. I think he still is. I, I wouldn't doubt it. That doesn't leave you, you know, especially when you're that crazy. Um, sure. let, let me ask you this, this question. As someone that's so deeply involved in the game, what's more impressive? A Colin Morikawa PGA Tour win, a Matt Wolf PGA Tour win, or if Hovland goes down there and runs the tables at every event and wins, let's say, two out of four Corn Ferry Tour events? Hovland, for sure. For sure, right? Because... Because that, because he got knocked down, right? He didn't, he didn't get his PGA Tour card. And not just because he didn't win an event. Yeah, you could say like, hey, I went out there. I, I played in five tournaments. It was five, right? He had five. I played in yeah. five tournaments, and I, I, didn't, I didn't win one of those tournaments. And none of those weeks were my weeks. And, and one, you know, like Colin had his own week, and, and Matt had his own week. And so now you have this kid who not only, he didn't have his own week, he didn't get his PJ Tour card as he watched rookie other rookies get their PJ Tour card. He knows he played well. I don't care that he said I need to play better. He knows he played really well. The, the rounds in the 60s, like, come on. Like, he knows he played well. And to not get his PJ Tour card. And then to have that mentality of, like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to get on the Corn Ferry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the finals there. I'm going to play my best, and, and I'm going to be back out here, and I may not have taken that straight road, but I'm going to get here. That, it, 
that builds so much more character than going out in three starts and winning. No offense to Matt Wolf, what he did is amazing, freaking amazing. And, and that kid is also just, like, so cool, like, renegade cool. But what Victor is now going to have to endure, he's going to be playing with a bunch of guys he's never played before, right? He's going to be in an environment that's going to be different from the PGA Tour, right? It's going to be, like, he he's a little bit of, now he's going to a place that he's, not really a fish out of water per se, but it's going to be a new experience. And he is going to play really good golf. I have no doubt of that. And playing really good golf in those tournaments and then solidifying your PGA Tour card and coming back out next season, knowing that you didn't take the straight path to get there. I think that it's just much more impressive. I think it's really good for Victor. I think that it's going to build a lot of character and it's going to give him a lot maybe more grit moving forward. Not like he needs more grit, but it's definitely going to add, he's going to build a little bit of character. This will, every door closed is another door open for sure. So the door closing of like, Hey, you didn't, you weren't able to get your card is going to lead to bigger and better things for that kid. Yeah. You can't say that about everyone for him. It, I think it's, it, it might be the better route. I'm going to say. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you think about what this kid has gone through. He is the, like, let's not forget, he is the reigning U.S. amateur champ. I mean, the biggest amateur tournament, you know. the, the Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the, yes. the, the, the likes of uh, Bryson winning, Tiger winning. I mean, the list goes just on and on. Like, even the list of guys that have finished runner-up or that have participated that haven't won is enormous. And then... He goes into his last year of collegiate golf, completely overshadowed again by Matt Wolf, who won whatever right. four or five times at you know OK yep. State. Um, it's like he's the best non-professional in the world, and still doesn't get that credit. And I feel like he's got like this puncher's mentality and this underdog mindset, which I really think is going to benefit him in the long run. Now this is. This is looking out there a few years and extrapolating it out a bit, but who's got the better career, him or Matt Wolf? What teammate? That's a Victor tough question. Or, Victor Hovland or Matt Wolf? Yep. Who has the better? Who has the better like lifelong career? Let, let's let's go next ten years. Next ten years. Let's see. I'm gonna say Victor. That's, I'm, I'm gonna go with Hovland. I that's guess, where I'm, I'm going too. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's one and O right now when we're going with the O. But I, I, I really, I, I really like the kid. Like, I really, really like the kid. Like, he did an interview with Amanda Balionis and um, his putt. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was the final round, and it, it was a putt from off the green, and it went. It happened to go in. And he had like the dorkiest laugh at his fist pump, and he was like just so real. And you're like. I was, like, lapping it up. I was like, oh, my God, he's so real. Like, he's so genuine. Like, we never get this. Like, golf fans, we were, like, I was eating him up watching him on the screen because you you have to take into consideration how much, and I'm going to say winning probably adds a little bit to that datedness, but also just being on the tour for so long, you sort of get into that tour vibe where you're sort of, like, put the shell on and, like, people don't really, they can't really get inside of you per se. I think golfers... I have a real hard time really getting to know from the outside a golfer's personality. It's, it's really hard to sort of understand where they're coming from. So Victor, for me, he's like, oh, my gosh, he's so fresh. He's so, like, he's 
smiling. He's so like affable. Like this is great. I love this kid. And I really think that is, is going to add in the future for him. I, I see, I pick Victor. He's, I'm taking him. He's my guy right now. All right. Well, I got a question that's right up your alley then. Who's got the better laugh, him or Kawhi Leonard? Oh, gosh. You have to bring my Kawhi into it? (laughs) Who does that? Of course, Kawhi has the better laugh. What is that? It's not even a laugh. It's just like a a noise coming out of a a sound machine. (laughs) That's a a very – Kawhi. I'm sorry, Victor. Kawhi's laugh wins everything. If I hear Kawhi's laugh, just like if someone plays that clip, I'm immediately in a good mood because I'm like, what? What is that? What? I don't even know what that is. It's it's like, what is that? All right. So, So. okay. So here's the next question, right? What's funnier, Kawhi's laugh to you or Victor Hovland telling people to stay off the weed? (laughs) I feel like uh, Victor's so innocent. I don't know how calculated that was. I guess I'm going to go with Victor on that one. Yeah, that's one of the funniest uh, segments this year. It's just, that kills me. That was that was very good. Very good. That was a really, and it was a really genuine moment on his part. So All right, yeah, we got a... Okay, cool. We got to shift. Uh, we're going to stay on the corn tour, but we got to talk about the winner because winning trumps everything. And the Buck Club's own Zach Blair wins last week in California getting his tour card um is the buck club actually going to be built now since he's going to be on tour that's a good question do we want it to be built or do we just like the ethereal quality and all the swag right what's what's cooler an actual like is is an actual course being built going to uh going to kind of, like you said, jade us? Like, are we going to look through the construction of two, three years and be like, eh, this is boring. You know, it's cooler to think about it being done than actually have it being done. It's, like, too mythical. I don't want it to come to fruition. Like, it's just, it's like this this elusive thing that's missing in Utah golf. It's like, what? What are you, what? (laughs) Like, St. Andrews, but in Utah. (laughs) Like, okay? (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I think his flag is super cool. Um, I like the premise of it. I mean, I'm sure it will get built. I don't know, like, will we all, like, will it be this big thing once it gets built? No, probably not for the outsiders. Maybe for Utah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I am a big Zach Blair fan. I love the guy. I've loved him for a long time. My brother, uh, my brother's a golfer, and he was actually on a course of a few years ago, several years ago even. And Zach Blair was out there. And he and my brother interacted a little bit. And I remember my brother coming back and being like, the dude is a straight-up cherub. Like, he looks like a cherub. (laughs) He's so sweet. He's so kind. Like, he is just a marshmallow in human form. And since then, I've been a huge Zach Blair fan. I think he's a really cool social media personality. We only have a few of them out there. So I really... Tie tight to Zach Blair because uh, I think I think he's really fun to follow. His dogs are super cool. He brings them along for the ride everywhere. Um, I'm a big fan of Zach. Buck Club. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm I'm on the record and I'm going to stay on the record as saying it never gets built. Um, would I like it to get built? I, sure. I'm never going to get to play it ever. <laughs> so it's it's whatever to me. Um, 
I like it kind of going the same route as like uh, Sugarloaf Social Club or something like that, right, where right. you know it's like, hey man, if if you know, you know, and in and, and you know, even if you just create a brand that there's really no validity to, um, that kind of works in today's day and age. And look, it's another revenue stream for the guy. Some of the stuff sure. is pretty sick. I mean, there's some stuff that that he posts, and I'm like, wow, like I would. I would definitely buy that. Now, with him being on tour, oh my gosh, that stuff's going to go through the roof because it was selling like hotcakes out on the corn tour. You know, I was down in, in Savannah for the Savannah Golf Championships, and there were people walking the course with it, and I was just talking with them, and they're like, oh, oh wow. you know what that is? And I'm like, well, you know, yeah, it's kind of my job to know what it is, but, you know, <laughs> um, how do you know? And then you just, you start talking to people, and it's it's, it's almost like you, you see a guy in the airplane, he's got, like, a Titleist hat, and maybe there's, like, I don't know, a Tory Pines or a Beth Page Black logo on it, and that guy curated that. He wore that specifically for that moment as to hoping <laughs> someone else would be like, oh, that guy's played that course. <laughs> It's like when you wear a master's pullover or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, people are like, oh, my God, she's been to Augusta. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's really cool. He has a lot of Grow the Game initiatives sort of tied to it. I, I saw that there's, like, event funding for, like, junior golfers. So, yeah, I'm sort of behind it, even if it just wants to be, like, this sort of, like, brand behind, like, whatever it's behind it's super cool stuff when he puts his foot joy shoes in like the buck club swag you're like wait what you're like product combining here like he's it's super cool to see i i'm a big fan he kind of reminds me of when john daly first came out on tour there's a little bit of that daly-esque pudginess that the hair there's just there's something that clicks with me and i'm like you know what the excitement that john daly brought now, obviously, you know, not the prodigious length off the tee or those amazingly soft hands around the greens, but just something right, yeah. about his personality really makes me think that he's going to be the standout rookie next year, regardless of if he wins. Like, I think he's a dude that could finish middle of the pack and people are just going to love him. Yeah, he's like a caricature for sure. He's he's like a he's like a goofy dork. Like, I'm so happy he's back on the PGA Tour. He's kind of what the PGA Tour needs. He's elemental to sort of bringing eyes to to some things that they don't have you know i i don't know if he'll be like a standout guy i'm a huge fan i've been a huge fan for a while i think he's definitely going to gain a lot of fans now that he's back on a bigger platform i definitely could agree with that yeah that's for sure um the corn tour is making their playoff (laughs) run now that's you know I I I'm, I refuse to wrap my head around the the, the corn fairy Scott the first the first time Scott heard it he goes dude there's something it's what it's called the corn fairy tour I was like no dude it's not corn fairy I said it's corn fairy I said but we're just gonna call it the corn tour and then my buddy Mike who caddies for Tyson Alexander and big shout out to front of the pod Tyson and Mike for making the playoffs they have killed it the last five weeks um, including a, a, a tie for fourth last week. Uh, in California, but he said, dude, it would be so sick if they did it like with the backwards K that Corn did it with in like the 90s, early 2000s, and I said, dude, you might be on to like a, a peril idea right here. I like it. I call it the KFT. I can't, I, the Corn and Fairy, I just, I can't do it. I'm like, yeah, I'm the KFT this week. Yeah, look, everyone's got their moniker for it. You know, the fried egg calls it the KFC tour. 
Um, it, it's it's whatever it is. As long as you're talking about it, it's okay. I agree. And I was a big web.com girl. I, I loved the web, so I love the corn. There, I'll say it. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, we've talked about it, and we've had a ton of guys uh, on the podcast before from the Corn Tour, and I just, I love it. Uh, the access is amazing. Um, yes. The fact that you could buy a regular ticket and almost walk inside the ropes uh, is, is phenomenal so cool. as well. And these guys, like, it's stupid how good they are. I mean, any given week, any of those guys could easily finish top five and easily for a lot of tournaments, win on the PGA Tour. It's just that they're not there yet, you know, and it's hard as hell for them to get up there. So when they do, it's it's no wonder you see these quote-unquote rookies winning on the PGA Tour because they've been grinding down there or on PGA Tour, uh, Latino America, China, McKenzie Tour, Canada. I mean, those tours breed winners. Yes, it's a little frustrating sometimes when you have someone who isn't really learned on on that. And they're like, well, you know, the PJ Tour is, you know, that's the cream of the crop. And and I'm like, yeah, but the guys on on the Corn Ferry Tour, like, they're freaking awesome. Like that, they're just as good. They're just not there yet. To be on the Corn Ferry Tour, if you understood how difficult that was, like, you wouldn't even take a second glance. Like, it is so difficult to play golf professionally. So, so difficult. And I think a lot of the times other tours, like you brought up the Latin America tour, they get overlooked. And it's like, these guys are so talented that are playing pro golf. So, so talented and giving so much of their life up. And yeah, I get it. The PG tour is so shiny and it's, it's uh, the pinnacle, but that almost makes me like the guys on the Corn Ferry Tour better because it's like, hey, these dudes haven't caught their break yet. So I'm going to root for one of them. And when they do catch their break and when they're on the PG Tour and killing it, it's going to be like, well, I've been following them for a while now. So I, I'm definitely a big proponent of supporting the Corn Ferry Tour. I love a lot of guys on the smaller tours. And it's almost easier to like them and root for them because they don't have as many people following them. Like you feel like you're kind of in like this secret society of like, well, I know him. And then once he breaks through, you're sort of like, yeah, well, I've been saying for a while, you know, it's kind of a cool space to be in. Exactly. We had Steven I'm on the podcast two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And that week, I mean, he was just pumped. He's like, you know, Danny's like, I'm playing so well. He's like, you know, I've had, uh, two top 20 finishes last week, and he goes and missed the cut. And I'm like, oh, the podcast bump it had the exact opposite effect. And I texted him. I said, hey, man, you know, like, you know, sorry to hear about this week. I said, you got it next week. And um, he said, yeah, he goes, you know, whatever. Things happen. No big deal. And I felt awful because we had recorded Wednesday night, and he had an early tea time on Thursday. And I'm like, oh, I'm this dude's reason that he didn't <laughs> place. And then the next week he goes out and finishes tied seventh. And he's like, yeah, I guess the bump was just a week late. Yeah, <laughs> so that's it's sick. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was. It's it's very cool. And again, you get to know these guys. Like I walked nine holes with his wife, and you get their whole entire story. And you're like, hey, this pro's wife is walking along, and no one's bothering her, and no one knows this guy's story. And there's, you know, hundreds of those stories that are out there on guys grinding on those minor league tours, if you will, those quote unquote triple A baseball tours, and every single one of those guys has the ability to finish top 25 and make some serious money on the PGA Tour any given week. The quality of golf Absolutely. is so good. So good. I agree. 100%.
All right, Bridget, uh, let's take just a quick break to talk to one of our sponsors. All right, and we're back. Um, Bridget, making some noise. I know you're a big U.S. Ryder Cup fan, but making some noise was a European, notice I said peen, Ryder Cupper. Um, the Thunder Bear himself, Thor Bjorn, oh is out assaulting women and <laughs> urinating in the aisles of planes. I don't know if it was what? women. I think it was woman. I think it was one. Oh, what? Okay. Apologies. Apologies. I may be, <laughs> I may be crucifying him even more than he's going to be crucified because he has been formally charged now. Um, right. wh- what? <sighs> what? I don't know. This was a hard, this was, I, I'm a big Thunder Bear proponent. I, I really do like the guy. I don't know if I like his face. Um, may just be his face, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, that was really disheartening to hear and almost like, no, like what, like why, like why would you do that? Like, I don't understand. I am going to say, and, and please don't take me for this. I'm not making excuses. Seemed like a really bizarre situation. And I'm going to say he was really, really inebriated. He had to have been supremely intoxicated. Like this seems like uncharacteristic behavior. What did he finish in Memphis? It wasn't even that bad. It was like P27 or something. Yeah, it, wasn't it, was, like, it was top 30, I believe. Yeah, like, wasn't that bad. So, like, again, don't, please don't judge me. I really don't know the whole story. I don't think anyone really does. Clearly, Jim Poulter doesn't because he went back to bed. Like, what was that? Um, but I think that maybe it might have been a little blown blown up a little bit. I, I just – I'm – he, I assume he really actually did urinate in the aisle. I'm not questioning that. I don't know exactly what it means that he sexually assaulted a, a female passenger. I really don't know what that means. I think he definitely did something bad. I just, I, I really want to say it was a super bizarre situation. And uh, I know he's been suspended, but I hope he can move past it. Yeah, know. so like you said, the European tour um, suspends him. Um, they, they didn't offer up how long or anything, um, you know, that's pending the investigation once everything goes through. So that's going to be kind of interesting to see, do they kick him off for an entire year? Um, is it, is it a certain number of tournaments? Because, you know, they operate a little bit differently than the PGA tour does. The PGA tour is extremely secretive, you know, DJ hurts his back. Um, riding jet skis, uh, falling down stairs. I mean, you know, um, Robert Garrigus has things happen to him. So those are always kind of pushed to the side and you never know what it becomes. Uh, now with the European tour, they always have seemed to be more of the ones that go out and say, look, this happened. They're not playing for 30 events or whatever it is. So it's it's going to be real interesting to see uh, how long he's gone out. The the tour says he's cooperated fully. I mean, you know, as of current standing, sixty fourth ranked golfer in the world. I know the Ryder Cup is next year. And and right. and speaking of that, let's take away every criminal investigation element of this. Let's talk just straight golf. That's an entire year of accrued points. That he's not going to get. So let's say he ends up being one of those maybe four, five, or six guys that are close that become a captain's pick. You think any captain's going to pick him? No. I honestly, I am all for an extreme punishment. 
even if it was a one-off super bizarre situation, you really have to set precedent here and you got to ban them for the year. You got to do something. That behavior is unacceptable. Uh, no matter the circumstance, it, it really isn't a good look. Um, and he needs to be reprimanded. He's 29 years old. He, he's old, you're old enough, dude. Like you gotta sort of take responsibility for your actions. I hope it's an extreme punishment. Um, I'm sure he will oblige by it. I don't see him pushing back in any means. I, I know he knows he's done wrong. So I am sort of for something kind of dramatic. Yeah, what will be interesting is to see if, like, during some WGC events, if the PGA Tour allows him to play or if he's allowed to play anywhere else um, in the world. I don't know what congruency the tours have within each other. Do you? I would assume that if the European Tour took drastic, made a drastic decision that the PGA Tour would abide. They're, they're definitely um, co-partners in that. And uh, to be honest, I would think his punishment on the PGA Tour would be more severe than European Tour. So I, I definitely do not see him playing in any PGA Tour event anytime soon. Um, <clears throat> initially, I, I was trying to figure out, like, would he, is he going to, he definitely isn't playing in the playoffs, like that's for sure. Uh, so I definitely think the extremeness that the European Tour takes, I would think the PJ Tour would take even more so. I, I don't know if he plays any other tours, to be honest. I'm not really uh, in the know with him, per se, on that. Yeah, neither, neither, neither am I. I mean, you know, he always yeah, shows up at the WGC sure. events. That's where you kind of see him. Um, you know, I'm so naive to, to his playing. You know, I don't even know if he lives in the U.S. or if he's, a, you know, a guy that lives overseas or whatnot. I don't know if he's a transplant to Orlando area or anything along those lines. I saw him at the Players. That's about all I got. Right, <laughs> That's right. the only time I've ever seen him in person, and it was at the Players this year. And I'm going to say something. He was chain-smoking. So I was like, ooh, I don't know. I'm not really into that guy anymore. I tell you what's funny. Him chain smoking. I look at him. I'm like, ah, what a what a moron. Then I see a dude like Kiradesh, you know, puffing on on vapes nonstop, and I'm like, that's my dude. Like, I love Kiradesh. He's the man. It's it's <laughs> it, you know, it's it's incredible. Uh, just the way someone's persona can turn you off, like to regardless of what they do. Like, you know, John Daly is a is a. I mean, a, a literal train wreck. And people are like, no, right. I love the dude. And you're like, yeah, he's. He's ballooned up to 400 pounds, is, you know, drinking, not, not, that's cool. I don't care. I love him. And you're like, oh, okay, I get, okay, cool. Well, I'm a self-proclaimed tiger lover, so I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, but the chain smoking is my thing. I do not like smoking. I hate smoking. No, but I'm in the same, same boat. Ugh. But I just think it's real. It's not smart at all. So I saw him smoking, and it was kind of like, you're sort of off for me. And, hey, that was earlier this year. So it's been a bad year for Thunder Perry. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Turn Bridget off and uh, under pending criminal investigation. Let's get to some actual good stories. Um, we just had the Women's Open Championship. Uh, the For the first time in a while, we have no American woman that has won a major this year, Lizette Salish. Uh, excuse me, Lizette Salas finished second. Uh, but one of the cool things that came out of this is Hanako Shibuno wins the Women's Open Championship, and she tried very hard, and I give her like all the credit in the world for this, delivering her speech, her winning speech, in English. She stuttered, she stumbled, but I thought it was just 
incredible. And I'm sure you remember a few years back, there was that whole push where the LPGA wanted players to do interviews only in English. And obviously, with such an international tour, there was such backlash. And I thought, Mm -hmm. that's like the coolest thing ever. Like, you just won the biggest tournament of your life, and then you put yourself in the most uncomfortable position. And I was just, like, she made an enormous fan out of me. She seems super cool. She's 20, right? Yeah, insane. Insane. Like, she's a a girl. When you were 20, I was, I was, I was student (laughs) teaching in college. I was ready to start, you know, graduating college. That's what I was doing. Man, I don't even I I I don't I wasn't doing those things when I was twenty. That was remarkable, and her whole affect, the whole tournament was just so like wow. Like I'm watching her smile on the course, and now I'm smiling. I was like, what is this weird thing that's happening to me right now? Yeah, that she was, was uh, it was so she seemed so happy, so cool the whole time. Chips yeah, chips in so for birdies, cool. and and it's like this shrug, like ah. That's awesome. And you're like And she was like joking with her caddy and they were like both I'm like, wow, this is uh this is interesting. This vibe is something I could get behind. Yeah, uh yeah. definitely really and, cool. and what's funny is you saw a ton of the other women grind behind her and just like right. no expression and she's not even like not like I'm trying to rub it in laughing, but just like, wow, this is so much fun. Like I'm making putts and bombing off the tee and chipping in here and there, like golf is cool. She played so fast, too. I was like, wow, this girl, she she was like just hitting the shots and hitting the shots. I was like, whoa, 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 like one after another. I She sort of came out of nowhere for me. She was not on my radar. She's on my radar now. But I was like, wow, this girl is really intriguing and fun to watch. It was great stuff. Yeah, I don't think she was on anybody's radar leading up to the <laughs> Open at not. all. It was... Uh, yeah. It was it was, it was something else. It was it was very very cool. Um, you know, unfortunately, the LPGA just doesn't get the eyes that it deserves. Um, I've got a few friends out there that play, and you know, trust me, um, the the level of golf is just otherworldly. And again, even more so than like the corn tour, the accessibility and 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 what the girls and the women want to give you out there uh, is just so much. Like it 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 should so be supported, like the men's tour. I know it's like that. It's it's a really disheartening part of the sport, um, and it, it's definitely something that I talk to. I have a really good friend who's in Q school now. We talk about it all the time, and it's just the tour as a whole, like the way it's portrayed, the way the women are portrayed. It's just so not what it needs to be to get what it needs to get, or to get where it needs to be. And it it's really like it's something it's. We both say it all the time. My friend and I, it's like the hill we'll die on is trying to make women's golf like as cool as men's golf seems to be. But I just, they, they need a lot of help. The LPGA, they, they need to help themselves. They're, they don't help themselves very often. You know what's crazy too is those women, like if you take the top 25 women and you take the top 25 men, the top 25 women have far superior personalities than some of the men in the top 25. Oh, of course. Of course. And that's sure. like, that's what should that's be played that. up. That's 100% yeah, that's, what the tour should be doing. That's like something that uh, a lot of people who, who know, if you know, you know. Yes. And that's why it's so frustrating because it's something that they're not monopolizing on at all, like at all. And it's so frustrating 
especially because the 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 girls want to. They want to be integral in that. They want to do all those things. They want to grow the game for for young girls. That's what they're all about. Maybe even more so than the men. I'm going to say it. I think that a lot of female players are definitely trying to get more young girls into the game than maybe male players are trying to get other young boys into the game. I think it's it's something that needs I don't I really don't have the answer. I don't know how to fix it. It it really needs like a whole revamp. And I hope it happens. I really hope it happens. Yeah, uh ditto. I mean, they've done a great job over the last 2 to 3 years in filling up those empty weeks which are prevalent on that tour all the time. Um I mean, hell, their travel schedule sucks even more than the corn tour. But oh, it's wild. It's it's beyond insane, and they've shored up some tournaments. Uh, there's still some tournaments that are out there that, that what's crazy to me is look on the website, there's still not even a sponsor or a host course, but it is on the schedule. So I know they're working overtime to get it. The, the ladies, the girls are working overtime to help promote the tour. Um, it's just, you know, I'm an enormous proponent of it. Just watch. Just get out there and consume some of it, however you do it. Uh, so Bridget, let, let's get to this week because this week is important and it's important because the PGA tour tells us that it is important and, and has put a ton of money into promoting the playoffs over the last, um, you know, eight to 10 years or so. So we've got my boy Bryson defending at the Northern trust. Now I'm going to throw this out there. It's a little bit of an unpopular opinion, but I hate Liberty national. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Well, there, there's, there's a myriad of reasons. We don't have all the time in the world, but I will say this: I think, in, in terms of viewing it by being on the grounds, it sucks. It's routed for fans worse than they route Bethpage, and that place is routed awfully. Uh, number two, it's in New York, and I hate New York. Um, <gasps> you hate New York? Without a doubt, I grew up there, so I can say that I hate New York. Scott still lives there, so I can say that I hate. New York. Um, also, it's a it's the biggest pain in the butt to get to. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult ride. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, the only thing I do like about it is it's on a reclaimed former landfill, so that's great use of space. But that's three things that I hate. One thing that I like, therefore, I hate Liberty National. I deal in I, I deal in absolutes, Bridget. That's how it kind of works, you know. That's fine. You do you. I- <laughs> I don't know if I hate it. I love New York. I'm from Connecticut, and I love New York City. It's a little too manic for me to live in, but I love to visit it. Uh, yeah, the course location is, is uh, definitely a trek to, to get out there. I think it has a lot of short and tight par fours, lots of water, lots of long rough. I love all those things. I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be watching on TV. Um, I really love the Manhattan backdrop, so... The landfill thing kind of freaks me out. I'm going to be honest. I, I know that it, it was built on that. It's a little weird to me, uh, but cool, I guess. I, I really don't know how I feel about it. I guess that's where I sit. There's a, that. you know, you, you could make a top 10 all-time list of courses built on landfills, and it would be pretty decent. Chambers Bay is another one that was built upon, um, I don't know if you want to really consider that a landfill out there, but it was you know, basically a dumping ground. Um, yes. You know, the thing is, like, in New York, um, God knows what was put underground there. 
That's you know? my point. <laughs> I wonder if it in Manhattan. Yeah, in, in in fifty years, you know, I guarantee something will come out like, uh, "Hey, all the members of Liberty National have et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, something along those yeah. lines." <laughs> Some weird contractual disease. Yeah, I, I'll I'll tell you this: it shows itself extremely well on television, but it does yeah. not look that good in person. Um, again, only because the way that it's routed, and, and I get it, it's a very, 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 very tiny piece of property, and there are right. a lot of people there for the playoffs. Trust me, they they are mobbed, and and normally Scott and I go. We were there at Ridgewood last year. Um, normally, the first tour event for the playoffs is in the Northeast, and that's you know right. uh, near and dear to our home, so we can you know come and go as we please. Uh, this year, neither of us. Um, are going, I mean, because I'm down south and, and Scott's still out battling the mouse and throwing all of his money at him. Who do you have as a winner, Bridget? Have you thought about that yet? Starts tomorrow. I haven't really thought about it. And let um, me just, let me interrupt real quick and just let people know out there that I believe that this girl is part psychic because there have been times where she has said, hey, so-and-so is going to win. Like last week, Sanjay M. She said 18 under Sanjay M wins. Um, what did he end up finishing? I think he was T3. Yeah. And yeah. for a while... He might have was, been 18 under. I know, that's what I'm saying. And for, for a while, was within striking distance. And I'm watching this leaderboard, I'm going, this is insane. Like, this is like the fourth or fifth time this girl has predicted this. This is nuts. What are you doing? So tell me right know. now, I've got cash in hand, and I want to call a bookie... Who's winning? I I really like Xander. That's all now. That's a very like very good pick this week. I know. So okay. So this year is the first year that they're gonna um, for the tour championship. What what happens? It gets like reshuffled, and it's oh. basically like strokes advantage. So like first place in the standings gets ten. Is that ten oh, under? Is that yeah, right? it's uh, it's like it's that. the biggest cluster in the world. I personally. I can't wait for it to blow up and the announcers not even know what the hell they're talking about because I don't know how anybody can uh, preface it enough to, to get the people at home to understand. They're going to have to show three different leaderboards. Like, it's I know. It's, it's so confusing. Because it's an aggregate, right? It's an aggregate score at the end of the day. Yeah, somebody is going to start this, the tour championship at 10 under par. <laughs> oh and God, someone else gonna is so going to start at even par. But... Then you need to have their actual scores, right? Not like a net and gross score. You need, it's going to be... And then you need to show their FedEx Cup points. And then you need to show who will automatically win if they finish top five and who automatically wins if they win the tournament. Yeah, I think they were trying to make it simpler. Like, I hearken back to Steve Sands with his little whiteboard and, like, going through the math equations. And, like, you want to put the, like, da 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 do 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 music to it because you're like, what is he even saying? But I feel like this is going to be, like, a lot of mental math going on this weekend. I'm going to be like, my brain hurts from watching golf. <laughs> the, the conspiracy so, theory is that they need to keep these mathematicians and these algorithm people employed. I think it should just be like an actual playoff event. The the push is to get to the tour championship. You win the tour championship, you win it. That's it. You win the FedEx That's Cup. That's it. Yeah, like, Make it easy. I like the one winner. I'm all behind that. The two people up there freak me out, and it's so confusing because at the end of the day, you're like, well, he just won. But wait, what does that mean for the tour championship? So, like, 
I like that you win it, you win it all, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, look at last year with Tiger and Rosie. Like, Tiger's like, I'm back. The fairways are filled with fans. Like, this is the my crowning achievement because obviously he hadn't won the Masters yet. And Rosie's sitting there like, yeah, that's cool, dude. You can have it. This is worth $10 million to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was so weird. It really was weird to see them up there. And people who don't really know what's going on, they're like, why is Justin Rose standing next? To him like that like what's happening like if you're in a bar and you're totally not in the know you're like tiger's holding a metal golf club and justin has a cup you're like what is going on so that's confused the, the optic is confusing with the two winners and it's like it's almost like well man he didn't win at all but he won like so did he win like what did he actually win so i like that i re- do you have an idea of how you make this simplistic like i know what you just said but you have to factor in like all the points. There, there has to be some math to it. So I, I yes, really, I don't know. Here, here's here's my biggest thing. I love match play. I love nothing more than match play. So you get it to a number that you like. I don't care if it's twelve, sixteen, twenty-four, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. And the tour championship at East Lake, which is a phenomenal match play course, then True. you go out. And you play Wednesday through Sunday, and and I don't care about the ratings on Sunday because you got two dudes that have earned their way there that are playing for not only the Tour Championship but also ten million. And you say million, that yeah. this match is worth ten million. People are tuning in more than than Tiger Phil. That's true. That's actually that's an interesting. I don't know how big the tour is on. I mean, I know they have the WTC. They, they are not big. They are not big. Yeah. Every single person I talk to gives the same answer. The, yeah, the, that's the my stars only thing. are not around for it. Well, I mean, then my question in response to that is, how do you build bigger stars out of people that aren't if you don't allow them to shine? No, it's a, it's a really, I'm with you. It's a really good point. I'm baffled. I'm like gobsmacked. I don't, gobsmacked, whatever that word is. I don't know how you fix this. Like, I think that the playoffs for me are so exciting. I don't know why. I'm like a real nerd, obviously, in golf, but I really like the playoffs. Like, they excite me. It's the end of the year. Like, we have worked, we, I say we, like, that's irresponsible. They have worked all year to get here. And like, these top guys now have the chance to go to these now only three tournaments. It's like super cool. It's like a really cool part of golf. And it's something that now that they moved it up and it sort of is in its own little lay of the land in, in August. And it's like at this new time, I think that they really could do a lot with this. I just, I don't know how you, you make it less confusing or you make it more appealing and I think I'm going to agree with you. I think that this format is going to blow up this year. I yeah. think that this is going to be a one-and-done thing. You know, I, I hope it doesn't, but I think logically I and reasonably, and I think it will. The The one thing that's always um, taken me out of the quote-unquote word playoffs is the fact that you can have a guy that doesn't show up, Tiger, Rory, yeah, true. a guy that misses cut after cut, for the first two events. Now it's down to three, so it's a little bit more of a harsh penalty when it used to be four. Um, but so people are still missing. Guys are still missing. It, yeah, the, it, exactly. Yeah. Like you can miss, you can miss cuts, and you're still into the next event. Like I know it's been beaten to the ground, but there's no other sport that works like that. And I get the response that, well, golf's a little bit different, but 
what is the most watched aspect of any sports league? It's the playoffs. Right. So Yes, the culmination. Right. And and it's it's the go home or go on mentality. And for these guys, they can go home one week but then go on to the next week. So that is not really a playoff. Go home and go home and come back and win it all. That, that's exactly, and that, that has happened in the past. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I love the playoffs. That's all. That's really all I got. I wish they were, I don't know. I I, I guess I need a, a bigger paycheck if I'm really going to go all in on, on my, uh, my ideas here. But... Um, I, I definitely think that this year is going – I've heard a lot of chatter that people think that this format is, is going to be really good. And I, I'm like just – I have that confused emoji face. I'm like, but how? Like, I just don't – I don't see it. So I'm going to – I think it's going to flop. I don't know. I hope it doesn't. I hope it's really cool. I know a lot of people are saying that it's, it's, it's going to work out. So I guess I hope it works out. But I, I just – I, I need to see it to believe it, and that's that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, you know who says it's going to work out? Brooksy says it's going to work out because he's <laughs> going to start the tour championship with a 10-stroke lead, and his mindset is these idiots can't beat me when we're all at even par. How are these morons going to beat me when I already start at 10 under? I mean, I, I uh, sh- sure, like I'm kind of with Brooks there. And like the rest of the world, I mean, he finished in the top four of every major this season, and he, he won one of them, so like, I, I I'm kind of like yeah, dude, you're you're right. You're, yeah, you're you're gonna be ten under, and, and that's gonna be that. I mean, someone really would have to come out of the woodwork to demolish his lead per se. So yeah, and that person he does have a, a big leg up. That person might be Rory, who I mean, theoretically could start at eight or nine under, but that's only gonna get him so far, and then Rory still has to play a Sunday, so obviously that's not gonna happen. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, he missed the cut at the Open. Uh, he got totally lapped, lapped by Brooks on Sunday uh, in Memphis. I, I, I don't see Rory. I mean, even if he does start at, he's second right now, right? So he would start at yeah, nine. So yeah, yeah, even if he does start at eight or nine, whatever. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see him doing much. Hey. I think it's funny. Like the whole year, I would get the update on my phone, like Matt Kuchar still the leader in FedEx Cup points. Like every single week that, that like little alert would come up and I'd be like, okay, we got it. And like the playoffs are like how many months out? So I think it's really cool. that He kind of like stayed in the mix. It would be really funny and ironic if he came around and won it all. So I, I'm going to say that would be uh that's, that's something I, I've kind of oddly been like thinking about. Kuchar has been definitely on my mind. So if you do think I'm psychic, I'm just going to put it out there that Matt Kuchar is definitely at the forefront of, of my brain space. Well, that would be definitely a big enough paycheck to give the caddy a little bit of love. Oh, and if, Did you see that clip last night? Uh, you Again, girl, you are psychic because even if Rory doesn't win any playoff event, he has literally won the internet. His burn on Kuchar... telling you know the the press and Kuchar himself face to face is you know we all know what money means to him was just beyond hilarious Kuchar looked like he wanted to shrink uh underneath a rock uh you know look Rory is beyond hilarious and has speaking his mind more and more over the last few years and I just cannot get enough of it Kuchar's face with the Manhattan vibe it looked like a chestnut roasting on an open fire (laughs) he was roasting like purple it was like 
and he laughed. Well, so hey, loud. to, to <laughs> be to be fair, that's like his normal coloring. <laughs> True, <laughs> he is a weird shade the majority of the time. But his laugh was so loud; it was like if I laugh louder, uh, the joke's all on you. Like, no, you just got totally roasted, burned, whatever. Like, you just you just got made a fool of, basically. And he was the one who was trying to make a joke. That was epic. That that was hilarious. I must have watched that like at least four or five times. Yeah, that's that's the funniest thing is is he thought he was being clever, um, right? And it just get and and you know, Cooch is a guy who is like dad joke central, you know. Um, so to see him get thrown back in his face, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I like that uh, a ton. Um, I'm gonna, really I'm good. gonna I'm gonna tell you what I'm going with somebody that I know I I kind of pick on all the time to win not not so much this week but at least one event i think rory is going to win one event and then people are going to be like oh rory's back and then he'll you know fall by the wayside again um the rory argument always drives me insane because rory has won the canadian open so a national championship if you will the players championship you know the quote-unquote um fifth biggest tournament in golf not that i agree with it but those are two enormous tournaments and every and finishes second in the fedex cup and everyone's like oh he's done he's done dude never win again it's just it's the consistency factor which i think again if you've been a fan of golf for a while you remember the 2014 rory you remember the the Rory of I'm gonna say old, which is really weird because I don't even think he is he even thirty yet. He may have just turned thirty. You remember that Rory, and he was remarkably consistent. And now the consistency consistency factor has fallen by the wayside a little bit. Just within the past few years, I mean, lest we forget, he won the FedEx Cup in 2016 right he, right. he won it all yeah, yeah like, I, it was not that long ago we have very short right. memories in golf very short memories so again i like i, I i'm definitely i could i'm i could see him win for sure i could definitely get behind that absolutely i just i don't know if i see him winning it all this year i'll just say that no not definitely not winning it all but but i could see him yeah, again see him pull winning. out pull out a win and uh you know, and, and, and again, it's that, that whole mindset. All, all the talking heads are going to be like, yeah, Rory's back. He's going to win it. And then he's not going to win. And they're like, ah, Rory sucks. Uh, it's just, it's it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I hear it all the time. I'm a big, big Rory fan. Um, but it gets old after a while. It gets stale. I agree. So there's another guy a little bit on my radar. And so a little insight to how insight into, or insight, I guess, into how I sort of pick guys or have guys to watch, it's over the course of time, sort of who pops up on my radar and sort of like makes me think. So today I just happened to stumble across Adam Scott's press conference and I like him. I'm going to say Scotty does something kind of out there in the playoffs. I think he's going to, he's going to rally. I don't know what he's going to do, but I say watch out for Adam Scott. Okay, I can't, I can't, I can't ever pull for a man that in 2019 wears pleats. No, jeez, come on! He said he leaves the pin in. <laughs> I know he does. The man is on. The man is on brand. Um, he's doing everything for us. But when you have an awesome brand, look, Uniqlo makes some great fitting clothing. Why you're not bringing it back? Stop, baggy pants. Stop. 
You're not Tiger in 98. Just let it let it die. There's some things you need to let die. Yeah, I don't know what the baggy pants deal is this season. Is it just this season? Have I just noticed it this season? Look, it's 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 one or the other, right? It's one yeah. or the other. It's it's Kevin Tway or um. Oh, true. Oh, geez. Oh, God, with the glasses. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, Dylan Fratelli. It's Dylan yeah, Fratelli. Fratelli. It's Kevin Tway. It's tight joggers that look like spandex, or it's something that MC Hammer wore. No so in between. True. No in between. There's so it's, again. It's absolute. It's black and white here. I'm gonna say though, Justin Thomas has the best style. He always looks so on point. That pants guy is like down. His pants are tailored to him. Look, I I am, and everyone that knows me will tell you, an enormous polo guy. Opened up my closet, and it's head to toe polo. So there is nobody that I root for more for just what he's wearing than JT, especially like the major scriptings are insanely good. He's so cool. His wardrobe is so cool. And he like has that swagger. I'm I'm a big fan of Justin Thomas. Well and he even has his own subline within the RLX polo division now that they sell at Pro Shops and it's insane. I love it. I love it so much. I think his I've often said that I think he has the best style on tour. I really do. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Definitely, definitely see that. Um, all right, Bridget, anything else that you want to talk about or promote? Not really. I think we hit it all. I don't really have much to promote other than you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> I gave that earlier. But, yeah, this was really fun. Awesome. Well, I personally uh, appreciate it greatly. You filling in from my main man, Scott, while, uh, again, he's away. Um, as always, people, you follow us on Twitter, at Leave the Pin, and on Instagram under the same name, at Leave the Pin. Bridget, give your Instagram one more time. Bridget K. Whalen. Awesome. And you can email us, obviously, at Leave the Pin and at Gmail, and give us a call, leave a voicemail, which, again, we didn't have time to get through this week. I promise, and I, I say that. Uh, in quotation marks, and I'm crossing my fingers. Next week, we'll get to some of the voicemails because I'm going to be at the USM at Pinehurst doing some live stuff there. So, again, not sure I'm going to have enough time. But if you want, it's 843-608-0013. Bridget, thank you beyond so much for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. Like I said, that was super fun. Awesome, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. 